The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Now we go to the Middle East and the Israeli military claims it has captured dozens of terror suspects during a raid on southern Gaza's main Nasser hospital as patients and staff were forced to flee under gunfire. Meanwhile, Palestinians still have no place to go. Uh, as President or Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu says that an airstrike and a planned strike will begin once civilians have been allowed to vacate the area. There is an estimated 1.4 million people crowded into Rafa City, which previously had a population of around 200,000. Hamish Young is a senior emergency coordinator from UNICEF who works in Rafa every day and joins me on the line. Hi, Hamish. Hi, Sarah. Thanks for having me on. No problem. And just to let listeners know, there is a little bit of a delay on the line, but we we will push on. Hamish, first of all, can you just uh, set the scene for us and tell us what it's like in Rafa at the moment as we speak? Uh, Sarah, it's already catastrophic in Rafa. Um, As you mentioned, uh, it had a pre-war population of about 280,000. There's well over a million people have come from uh, the rest of the Gaza Strip seeking refuge from the the intense fighting to the further north. Um, A lot of these people have been displaced several times. They they left Gaza City, they went to Darabella or Khan Yunus and then have come here after that. Um, So you've got 1.3 million people trying to live on an infrastructure that was barely sufficient for 280,000. So there's by no means enough water. um, There's not enough food. There's uh, a shocking uh, lack of sanitation facilities. And shelter is a massive problem, particularly for children. Some people are lucky enough to stay with relatives in a building, but the vast majority of people are living in tents and makeshift shelters. Um, children are heavily exposed to the elements. And Hamish, I was working on this story this week for the television news, seeing some of the pictures that were coming through uh, the wire services from Rafa. And one of the things that struck me the most was the scene of people setting up a temporary refugee camp in a graveyard because literally the landmass is so small that people are just trying to sort of survive in a small space of land in as much as is possible. Uh, no, that's absolutely right. Um and uh, uh, people are, are, are pitching tents and makeshift shelters um, all over. Um, they're they're around us right now. Um, every time I, I, we go out of our, um, our our little um, house here, you know, we greet the people outside, say hello, how's it going. Same thing when we go into our operations centre uh, in town in the middle of Rafa. Um, people are just uh, desperately trying to survive. Um, the other thing I think is important is that it's really cold here at night, um, and when it rains, um, there's an even greater problem with the sewerage being sp- spent around. That's That's why UNICEF is seeing um, a a really significant increase in childhood illnesses, diarrheal dysentery diseases and respiratory tract infections. Um, One of the things we have been able to do in Rafa in particular is we brought in hundreds of thousands of pieces of um, uh, clothes for little kids Um, and that is something that's made a difference. Um, And I think that's a good example where the aid operation can operate, we can make a difference. What is your assessment of the situation in terms of the number of children who are now essentially trying to survive without parents at this point on the ground in Rafa? Uh, sorry, I didn't quite get that. The number of children trying to survive without their without parents, their parents the children who have been left orphaned by all of this. 
So it's very hard to get um, an accurate assessment of that because, um, you know, there are very strict limitations on where we can go and when we can go and how far. Um, but uh, if we look at uh, what we have seen in the UNRWA shelters, um, the government shelters and the uh, just the ad hoc um, places where people are setting up, um, there are significant numbers of children, um, certainly have lost one parent, some who have lost both. They're being cared for by other family members um, or extended community members. Um, there are some children, and of course there's a tragedy, the absolute tragedy of the, the babies who get left um, in hospitals when there's attack on a hospital um, and people have to run away. Um, UNICEF does has entered a partnership with um, uh, an excellent international organisation that's got a big operation here in, in Rafa um, that has a facility to look after um, kids that, that we can't find absolutely any community network or, or connection to. Um, and um, so, so that's the situation there. We estimate, and this is a very rough estimate based on evidence we've seen in other similar sort of conflicts, that there's probably about 17,000 um, kids who have been um, separated and, and are unaccompanied um, and are being looked after by extended uh, community networks. So at this point, uh, the Israeli Prime Minister still says, you know, people need to move on, despite the fact that everyone can see that there's nowhere for people to go at this point, Hamish. What sort of decisions are people having to make on the ground now or do they have any choices to make? So firstly, I think, uh, um, as you would, have, you would have seen before, UNICEF stated clearly um, there's nowhere safe in Gaza to go and, um, and Gaza is the most dangerous place in the world to be a child right now. Um, in terms um, of what we're seeing and, and, and what we're hearing from the people we speak to, there are some people that are leaving Rafa. Um, but I think it's really important to recognise these are people who have somewhere to go. Um, they might have even left um, uh, uh, some sort of residence of their own. Um, more likely they're going to stay with friends um, or, or extended family. That's what I'm hearing from the people I speak to. Um, and those people are lucky to have somewhere to go. Second, they're the people that have some sort of resources. They've either got a car, they can pay for the ride on the back of a truck. I've even seen quite a few families um, loaded up with all their possessions and the kids and everyone onto the back of donkey carts mm. um, trying to get out. Um, but it, what's important about that is that um, firstly, by no means will it be uh, um, everyone or even a majority. The majority of the people will be left here in Rafa um, and uh, those are the people that A, don't have anywhere to go and B, didn't have the resources to move. So they're by definition the most vulnerable um, people. They're the most highest at risk people will be left here and they're the people most at risk um, if uh, um, a land invasion, a land incursion does come, which is why the executive director of UNICEF and countless other um, um, United Nations uh, leaders and, and you know world leaders around the world have called on and appealed to the Israeli government to not launch the land um, invasion of Rafah. It would just be absolutely catastrophic for children. No doubt about that. Hamish Young, Senior Emergency Coordinator with UNICEF, thank you so much for joining us this evening on The Last Word. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today.